With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich? Count that money, man! Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell what's going on good people good morning good morning good morning good morning good morning good morning good people it is monday may the 16th 2022 y'all decided to wake y'all ass up ray g and for that i appreciate you being here i hope you had a great weekend relaxing fun filled i don't know what you do on the weekends but i hope you enjoyed yourself and i'm glad you decided to wake up this morning to holler at your boy uh, GQ and my man Jay Rich. Y'all know who it is, man. Uh, brought to you by Prize Picks. That is our sponsor. Make sure you sign up. Go to Prize Picks. Use the promo code WAKEUP. They match you up to $100, dollar for dollar. And we got some really dope NFL challenges that we're going to do um, later this season. And you have to be on Prize Picks in order to participate. We're going to win prizes, sign jerseys, sign helmets. Maybe some cash prizes, so make sure you're tapped in. So when we get ready to get rolling, bam, you're there. You can participate. You can have fun. You can chill with us and put your uh, put your football knowledge to the test. But uh, on this show today, uh, we're going to talk some, um, some news and notes from around rookie camp. We're going to talk about some veteran signings. We're going to take a look at a trade of the day. Brought to you by the Destination Debbie patrons. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Trade of the day doesn't mean it was a great trade. Doesn't mean it was a bad trade. But I just want to get your thoughts and opinions on said deal. Um, who's in the building this morning? I always got to say good morning to the people. Legendary Steve's good morning to you. L Wood, how you doing, my friend? Somebody said it works. Don't know what he's talking about, but happy you're in the building, Wolf 1982. Seven goat rings. What's up, baby? Robert, Shane, Joe. Uh, I saw Big Shy in the building. What's up, Big Shy? Good to see you this morning. Man, it's going to be a nice one. James, Joe, Patrick. Yes, yes, yes. JP, Mike A, the good people in the building. Where's my co-host at? Jay Rich. Where you at, baby? Jay Rich. What's going on? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Oh, are we matching today? I didn't even know yeah, that. Man. We're wearing yeah. the prize picks gear. Twins. Powered by prize picks. Yeah, I know. I didn't even... Completely unintentional. But uh, I'm recovering from the debacle in the NBA yesterday. Um, but it's interesting because... I don't know if you've been seeing the memes going around of Luca staring at Devin Booker. Saying Cancun's pretty nice this time of year. Dude. <laughs> I was He's losing a, it yesterday with the Phoenix memes. It was too funny. Too my funny. Dallas Mavericks, man. My Dallas Mavericks, one step away from the NBA Finals. Uh, Lakers are out of it, so you got to root for the home team, baby. You got to root for the home team. But yeah, that's what that's what we got going on right now. It's it's a weird it's a weird time in the sports space because there's not a lot going on, right? This is sort of the dull, the dead moment of football. Like, there's really nothing going on. We'll talk some. We'll talk some rookie minicamp. We got some interesting developments out of rookie minicamp, but it's it's sort of like the calm before the the content storm per se. Once training camps and OTAs get underway, and we really have some actionable advice to to 
I don't know, make decisions on, really dive into, talk about. We did get the NFL schedule. The NFL schedule was released yep. last week. I think that was Friday. We don't do it. We, we hadn't done it the show 12th, on Friday, yeah. but it's Friday. And I know the opening game is a good one, Jay. The Bills versus the Rams, um, game one. That's gonna be that's gonna be pretty fun. Um, somebody's talking about the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. So let's oh, yeah. just quick. The conference conference finals are set in the NBA. We got Boston versus Miami. Then Golden State versus Dallas. Your predictions? Who's playing in the NBA finals? I just want to know what you think. I want to see Miami and Dallas. I really do. Um, I think that I think that Dallas can actually give Golden State a run for their money. They were three and one during the regular season against them. I think they're a different team now. Yeah. But for me, I don't really care who makes it out of the East. I have a ticket on Miami. You okay. know that. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it on the show, right? So there's there's some financial gain for me there if Miami does make it to the finals. Uh, but I'm a huge Jason Tatum fan. Like people who, who don't yeah. know, like I'm a Tatum massive Tatum fan and have been a big a big Tatum fan for a long time. So to see him take that ascension up, um, I'm really excited for him. And I would love to see the Celtics in the finals. Whether it's Celtics or the Heat, I- I'm good. I don't care if the Warriors make the finals. But Ray, actually, I was looking this up this morning. Do you know who of these four teams the team that won the finals the furthest back. It was in 2008. Do you know who it was? In 2008, Miami. Yeah. No, yeah. it was actually the Celtics. So of these four teams, the Celtics oh, are shit. the furthest team from a championship. Yeah, because the Mavs won in 2011. The yep. Heat won, I think, in 2012 and 2013. Ah, and then did. you have the Golden State Warriors winning. But I was, like, shocked. I was like, you know, you think it'd be the Mavs, right? But it's not. It's not the Mavs. The Celtics are actually the team with the longest championship drought of the four teams left in, in the NBA playoffs. And I'm assuming that was, that was the Paul Pierce era, Paul Pierce and, yeah. and those yeah, guys. Yeah, it was the Paul yeah. Pierce AG, AG championship that they got. But I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. The, the east side of the bracket has been so good. The west, we'll see. It's been yeah. up and down in the west, and obviously Phoenix shit the bed yesterday. But I'm excited to see what happens in the east because uh, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum is going to be a show. It's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, so we got that. So make sure y'all tap into that. At least we get some competitive action there. The WNBA's kicked off. Jay, you're head first into baseball. But just for just to be complete here for the people in the comments, I have no clue what goes on in the NHL. So is there some uh, very quickly? Oh, is dude. there some good stuff in in hockey? I have no if, clue. It, if you follow me on Twitter, I was just lighting fire to Leaf fans across the entire Twitterverse because. People don't understand Leaf fans are unbearable, and I'm surrounded by them. Family members, cousins, friends, whatever, they're everywhere. Cannot escape Leaf fans. And so it was game seven in Toronto. Tickets were 500 plus US dollars to go to this game, and they lost. They lost to the championship lightning, and now all of Toronto is in mourning that their famously great Maple Leafs are now out of the playoffs in the first round again. So they're like, I believe it's something like, Oh, and nine in closeout games in a series. So Damn. when they could win, and they're and they're zero of five five years in a row being out in the first round in the playoffs. Yeah, it's Eric like, said. Eric and, said, and, you know, crazy. Five man. out of the eight crazy. series went to game seven. Crazy. So and um, yesterday went to overtime versus the NBA, which had two blowouts. So it was pretty pretty crazy actually day in the NHL. Well, look at all this—the diversity within the within the audience, man. You got you got football fans, you got damn hockey fans, baseball, basketball. I love it. It's sports, man. We got to appreciate it. But let's talk a little football. There was a, well before we get to some football because it is um little little disruption to the to the wake up flow. You guys must adjust your morning lives now. We will be uh, streaming live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So normally we go Monday through Thursday. We take Friday off. But it's like we need a break, too, and there's nothing going on. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from this point, moving forward, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday will be the wake-up show. That's the new content schedule. Switching stuff, some stuff up. We want to be here at the beginning of the week, the middle of the week, and end you out on Friday together. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, moving forward, new content schedule for Wake Up. Uh, same shit. We're going to talk about every single day, but that's the... Uh, that's the that's the new schedule. Uh, there there's no point to go four days a week at this point. It's too much. It's the summertime. I'm going to Costa Rica in a couple of weeks. Like I'm going to be out for a while. So we're going to enjoy our time. 
before we get before we get <laughs> Clint. Don't do this, man. Are, don't are do we it. gonna get you on the hammock again for an episode? Because a lot of people miss that. And people actually ask in the comments, they're like, where is this episode of Ray in the Hammock? We may have to get Hammock Ray back when you go to Costa Rica I was, for one I, I, that week. I streamed from, uh, I was on the Hammock and where was I at? Puerto Vallarta, Aren't Mexico. Aren't you in Mexico? Yeah, I was Puerto Vallarta, streaming from the Hammock, wake up, uh, poor audio quality, poor video quality, but we had a good time. And Ball is Life said seven days a week. What the hell are y'all doing? Three days a week, week sauce, seven days a week. All right, Jay. So NFL, let's just talk uh, some signings. Jarvis Landry signs with the Saints. Any interest? How? How? What does that do? Interest what does that him? do? Um, interest in him? Not a lot of interest in him. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is people are going to look at it as the demise of Chris Olave. And Ray, I would ask you, I think this is actually really good for Olave because I think it may force him outside more than I was expecting. Right? Like I, I view him as more of a slot guy and a guy who operates prim- primarily from like tighter in line. But if that's going to be Jarvis's role for the most part, because Jarvis isn't playing outside, I think that may actually force Olave outside more than I was expecting. And so for me, I think that's a good thing. That's going to raise his A dot. That's going to make him get deeper plays down the down the field and all those things. But I don't think it moves the needle for me much. Much personally, they still drafted Olave eleventh overall. Yeah. Like Jarvis isn't going to take his job. Does it take away from Michael Thomas a little bit? Maybe. You know, Jarvis is still a fine player. He can move the sticks and he can do his job, but. He's not going to do a ton other than provide leadership and just be another person in the building. And I think from what we've seen behind the scenes of Jarvis, more importantly, is he's a guy who will be willing to mentor and teach Chris Olave the nuances of wide receiver in that offense and, and in the NFL, which will be good for his development overall. Yeah, I don't um I thought it was a good signing. I think this is good for Jameis Winston. Um, yeah. You know, there, there are people out there who are concerned and maybe legitimately so about uh, Michael Thomas and the ankle injury, having hurdles to overcome, not all the way 100%. I'll just say it's May, you know, he's got time to get better. He showed, he posted a video of himself running in a helmet. He looked slow as hell, but MT was never a blazer, but he looked fine to me. I mean, I'm no medical professional. I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to uh, diagnose him from my office computer desk chair, but he looked fine to me, and it's May. I think this is more so, regardless if MT is healthy or not, they needed another weapon. And if anything, this is good for Jameis Winston. And I think it's good for the development of Chris, Chris Olave. When, you, when you've when you got um, you know Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers, you've got an All-Pro in Michael Thomas, you've got these veterans there, like they can only help and assist and aid in his growth and development as a wide receiver. And, you know, more and more – time goes on you know that that we were never the biggest Chris Olave fantasy producing fans right we were never the yeah. biggest like we we view Chris Olave or at least I won't I won't speak for you I view him as a good wide receiver two for an NFL team that could probably be a wide receiver two wide receiver three you know on the on the high end for for fantasy purposes so I think it's a good signing for for the Saints it seems like they're getting getting their, their type of guys in, and uh, New Orleans quietly building a decent little roster. So if Jameis Winston is back healthy, um, if Drew Brees does not return, uh, then this could be very good for the Saints pass catchers because Drew Brees tweeted out he doesn't know he, – he what, what did he do? He has not signed for – re-signed a second year for NBC hosting. He tweeted out yesterday – he doesn't know if he wants to play football again, if he wants to coach his kids, if he wants to go back to the broadcasting booth, kind of leaving the door open for a New Orleans return, apparently. What are your thoughts yeah. on Drew Brees going back to New Orleans? Is this does this does this story have legs? If he does go back, do you have interest? I mean, what 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 about Drew Brees, man? I think it always has to have legs, right? And no matter what happens, I believe that Drew Brees playing in New Orleans matters, right? Whatever you think he could be, because he's still one of the smartest quarterbacks we've ever seen. Regardless of what you think about his arm, his ability to diagnose defenses is is an ability that Jameis Winston will never possess at his level, right? And for the Saints, they don't need to have a stellar offense. They just need to have a competent one. Last year, they were god-awful on offense. on both, Whether it's through the air, even on the ground, they struggled. The offensive line's been bolstered. They're adding wide receivers for the first time. They're adding wide receivers, and Drew Brees is like, hey, hold up, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not done yet. It uh, really gave me shades of Tom Brady talking about his unfinished business uh, when they saw that tweet from Drew Brees. And so I think there is something to it. Should Jameis be worried? I don't know. 
But if something happens where Jameis is really struggling, could Drew Brees step into that offense and perform? Probably. Like, if we're just being Probably. honest, like if anybody Probably. could step into that offense, right. yes. it would be Drew Brees, yes. right? And, and I think more importantly, maybe even more so than Jameis, all the guys there know Drew so well and would really rally around him if he was there. And I think that's a big that's a big factor too because for years it was let's run it back for Drew. Let's let's do it one more time for Drew. Let's play injured for Drew. And so if Drew came back, whether it's Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, like any of those guys that have been there, they'll be they'll be rallying around Drew. And I think that that is a not a non-story. But I doubt he comes back overall, personally. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Breeze I, I don't think Breeze was bad in the booth. His hairpiece is terrible, but he he was not bad in the booth by any stretch. Um, I think it's all noise. He's not now. If if this situation played out like you said, if they had a good looking team, Jameis got hurt, and somehow they called him and said, "Can you come back? Could he step in and run the offense?" Probably yes. Um, but I yeah. think this is more noise than anything. I mean, he he. We 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 wanted Breeze to go when he was on the field last. We were like, man, this dude can't throw the damn ball anymore. And and we think that a year off, he's magically recovered and gotten better. Like, no, I don't I don't want to see him struggle to push the ball downfield to Chris Olave. I don't want to see that, Drew. I, I don't. Um I, I don't think it has a lot of legs. I just don't I just don't want to see it. Um maybe if Sean Payton was there, I don't know. I just think this yeah, is just him just kind of talking and you know, I'm, I'm sure he misses the game. Shit, there's days where I sit back and be like, man, I, I like I miss playing football. You know, but I, I don't think I don't think Breeze is going to do anything uh, on the field. I mean, we had the whole thing about Tom Brady. You know that that news broke while we weren't on the stream. Tom Brady signs a what ten year, three hundred seventy five million dollar deal to be a lead yeah. analyst for Fox once he's done. Is this Tom Brady's la- like legit, man? I'm I'm asking these questions because people are still drafting him in Dynasty Superflex leagues. They're still t- they're still taking a shot on 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 Father Father Time and, and Tom Brady. Um, is this Father his last Tom. season? I'm just. What do you think when I see 375 million M's on the table to just talk sports? I mean, we're getting paid like twenty dollars a show here, and we're doing it every damn day. Three seventy five. Is this it for Tom Brady, and why are people still drafting him? I guess if you're win now, and you're just like, yeah. I know this is a one-year rental, or at least I'm 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 building my team as a like Tom Brady's a one-year piece, right? Like you mm-hmm. you have to go into it thinking that. Do you think there's any shot in hell he plays multiple seasons, two years, three years, or do you think it's one and done like Kyrie Irving at Duke with, with Tom Brady? I think he could play multiple years because I do really? honestly believe that story. Yeah, because I believe the story about the Dolphins, right? And the reason why he didn't end up becoming a part owner and player for the Dolphins was because of the scandal with Brian Flores. And so when that blows over or sort of blows over at the end of this year and, and you know, into a new offseason, Brady may be looking to make that move, right? So for me, that's where it's interesting because I, I do think that part of him would want to have that accolade on his on his resume right player owner right and i and i think that would be really cool and if it's maybe only be for a year and he's like okay now i'm like really done but i do think that story does have some legs and whether he ultimately goes through with it i don't know but i i do think that there is some credence to him wanting to be that player owner in the nfl which i believe no one's ever done obviously because it's just too expensive okay tom brady big deal uh some news that you you made me aware of and i know some Zach Wilson truthers are going to love it, but he beefed up, yoked up to 220 pounds, Jay. I missed the news of old Zach yeah. Wilson uh, putting on some weight for this upcoming season. How how you feel about your boy Zach Wilson, who you said, you have said on this show, you would take over Justin Fields, over Trey Lance, over Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you, you have Zach Wilson still as QB1. How do you feel about your QB1 beefing up to 20, 220 pounds? I feel great about it. I don't hear anything about Justin Fields beefing up. I don't hear anything about Trevor Lawrence beefing up. Zach Wilson looks great in practice. Oh, but the thing is, right, is you could kind of see it in his body in his rookie season. He, he needed to kind of gain some weight. And I think this may help him in the pocket, you know, when guys are trying to hit at his arms, hit at his mm-hmm. legs, being stronger, being being. And hopefully it helps his mobility. We'll see kind of how he gained that weight, whether it's in the top half or in the bottom half. But, I mean, it's never a bad thing. You want to see these QBs around 220. It's a great weight for them to play at. You see a lot of QBs playing at that weight. 
So if he was, you know, 210, comes in around 220, I think, I think there's nothing wrong with that, and it can only help him in the pocket. All right. The biggest piece of news that was circulating around Twitter that people didn't, people didn't like my take, man. They didn't like my take. We've got a guest coming on the show on Wednesday who's going to tell me how much he, he did not appreciate what I said about uh, the chosen one, the youngest breakout in the history of all breakouts from the data analytics sides. Oh, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, you see here, making ridiculous catches in practice and training camp. Brian Edwards traded from the Las Vegas Raiders to the Atlanta Falcons. And I said, I, I tweeted out immediately as people were, uh, just your ranks and this and that, and Brian Edwards lived. I said, Brian Edwards didn't do shit in Las Vegas. He's not going to do shit in Atlanta. So spare me the, the bored, tired Brian Edwards lives takes. It's over for Brian Edwards, Jay. I, 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 like, the, I like the highlights. I like the catches. Is there any shot he revives his career in Atlanta? Do you still have hope? Do you still have faith? Do I do you have still hope? Have, do you, do you, are you excited about this move for, for Brian Edwards? Because he's got, he's got a following out there that is big. That is big, man. <laughs> um, again, didn't do shit in Vegas, not going to do shit in Atlanta. What do you think? I'm just watching this clip and wondering, is it from this past offseason? No, this is, this is, I think it's, this is rookie. It's an old one, I think right? this is, <laughs> we I think this is rookie, rookie training camp, Brian Edwards, man. Hey, man, it's rookie minicamp show, so might as well hold, show some rookie minicamp highlights. But talking yeah. about Brian Edwards, the only legs it has, Ray, and, and I think this is an important point, is that they probably played a lot together. They probably played a lot together in practice, and I'm talking about him and Marcus Mariota, the two backups, right? You have backup wide receiver, backup quarterback, so there may be some familiarity there, and maybe that's one of the reasons why they brought him in. Do I believe that gives him hope? No, I, I really don't think it gives them any hope. But, I mean, you may see some early chemistry from those two because, again, they did play together, practice together for, I believe, two seasons. So there may be something to that early on. But yeah, outside of preseason All-Star games, I don't think Brian Edwards is going to do a whole lot for the Atlanta Falcons. Just can be another body in camp, a guy that Marcus Mariota is familiar with. I'm assuming it didn't cost a lot to get him on the roster. So overall, he may have a game or two but I doubt it's much more than, you know, a flash in the pan for old Brian Edwards and his dynasty value. Yeah, man. Um, I, I just, you know, we talk about it all the time. I keep saying hope is the number one killer of dynasty rosters, man. And when you got these players like Drew Brees, uh, like people are le legitimately going to go at him off of waivers. Like they're going to go pick him up and burn a roster spot and hold I guarantee I guarantee if we go on sleeper right now I thought now, about it to be honest let's, let's some go, of my really deep leagues I was like it's, let's go to it's worth a shot it's not worth a shot it's it's player. it is not picking up Drew Brees is not worth a shot it is a waste of a roster spot but let's just look I want to see if his uh if his thing is trending now where's his thing at where's it at quarterback trending sleeper where's Drew Brees at all right, it's not. Well, the answer must be no. Then he must uh, not be trending. Or I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he's not trending yet. I see. Uh, see Kennedy not Brooks at the yet. top. So, so I see Ray, Kennedy Brooks at do. the top of this list. This is not good. Oh. This is not good. Scott Connor, man, you got to blame. We got to talk to him about that because you saw what he tweeted about Kennedy Brooks, right? What did he about tweet about Kennedy Brooks? Because so thank you, Scott's here on, on the show, which is awesome. But he talked about how Kennedy Brooks has one of the highest guaranteed contracts amongst running backs even higher than some sixth and seventh round picks and so maybe there's something to that and he's talking about how we should be looking at going to get kennedy brooks because there may be something to it there if you're paying a undrafted for agent more than you're paying a sixth or seventh round running back that there probably is something to that right and we always talk about following the money maybe we should follow the money with kennedy brooks well, Drew's not in sleeper yet, but I guarantee he'll be. Let's 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 push for that so some sucker in the league will pick him up and burn a roster spot for him. Uh, back to Brian Robinson, man. Uh, I mean Brian Edwards. Um, it's Drake London. It's Kyle Pitts. Those are the only two pass catchers I won that offense. Legitimately, that's it. Um, I wish him all the best. This is not a shit on Brian Edwards. I thought he was a good player coming out as well, but the reality is it just hasn't come to fruition in the league. And I'm just not going to hold my breath that he's going to become a fantasy viable asset, right? If this trade to Atlanta gives us a small window in order to move him for something, what would you take for him right now? 23 third? 
a 23 second oh yeah like, third is easy yeah third so is if easy. you got a second you're ex yeah. you're ecstatic you're smashing oh. except on that deal right same same yeah, same at that point same here same <laughs> here all right um what's this what what are some notes you've got uh run through these notes real quick you talk about lovey smith and something with john mechie what's up with that so Lovey Smith was talking to reporters and basically talking about how they're trying to determine a timeline for John Mechie right now. So if you are drafting John Mechie, it doesn't sound as good as maybe I hoped coming out of uh, the training camp and all that stuff. But obviously he tore his ACL December 4th. I thought it was earlier than that. So this kind of does make more sense. He's only about five months out, six months out or so. But they're still trying to determine what his timetable is. And if he's going to play in 22, they are hopeful he will play. But they are not certain he's going to play. So there may be a chance John Mechie doesn't play in 22, which is not great yeah. for his dynasty value overall. And on top of that, uh, at Bill's camp, Khalil Shakur is apparently looking really, really good along with James Cook, and we'll talk about him later. And then Wando Robinson and his growth spurt was uh, the rage of Twitter a few days ago. He went from 5'9 to 5'11 apparently since the combine, listed at 5'11 on the Giants' website. Ray, would you be in on Wandell Robinson at 5'11"? We were He's out not, at 5'9", but are we in at 5'11"? He was 5'9", five 5'8", five at the combine. How did he grow three, two, three inches in a matter of know, months, man. man? I mean, the crazy thing is, is in the analytics community, this really matters. Like, it, it kind of does because he goes from a bucket of 5'8", 5'9", receivers to all receivers that are 5'11", 6 feet. Like, it's a big difference. It is a big difference. It may not matter, but it's interesting because it kind of does matter. I'm I'm in on Wandell at his cost. I don't care how tall he is. I, I'm in on him at his cost, but I'm not I'm not expecting what what do we expect? Like I'm I'm done with pie in the sky bullshit. I'm just over it, man. I'm legit over it, Jay. I'm I'm looking at everybody talk about how bad the 2022 class is. Right? It's so bad, so bad. This 2022 class. But yet every damn receiver is going to end up being top 10, top 12, got all these top 12 running backs. How's it bad? If every uh, – Wandell, he's going to be great. Drake London's going to be great. Garrett, Garrett Wilson's going to be great. Uh, J-Mo's top 15 asset. Christian Watson's going to ball. Sky Moore's top 10. Chris Olave, like the whole damn first round. Or the, this is, We're looking at the future top 15. And now just add Wandell Robinson to it whatever i mean what what is he gonna be ultimately what is he gonna be ultimately i don't know I, he's he's probably gonna be a slot receiver with some upside i mean there's that that's that's a role that's been fruitful you know you could have a wide receiver too who's productive and like you're saying if you get him in the second round it's not terrible i wouldn't go after him in the first round same reason i wouldn't go after david bell but <laughs> i mean i think John there is upside there right there yeah, is upside yeah. there yeah i'm i'm fine with it at cost absolutely but again like who's Who's going to, who, where's the bust at in these class? Where, where every, literally everyone you talk to, it's like all the wide receivers are just like, get them, get them, get them, get them, get them. Shooting up boards, yeah. They're just shooting up boards. I mean, I'm fine with Wondell Robinson. Am I expecting him to be somebody that in a start your lineup league, you're putting him out there week to week feeling confident? Hell no. He's still a rookie mm. wide receiver on a bad offense with a terrible quarterback. Like, it, it's just terrible. It's a it is bad. Yeah. The Giants situation is bad. I don't care how you how you slice it. And these slot slot wide receivers that are exclusively that's all they kind of do, man, you, you you have to you have to go out there and show that you're that guy to earn those consistent targets week in and week out. And I'm just not I'm not anticipating that for a rookie wide receiver. Like you'll have a point in time in the season where I Mark this shit down and wax, man. You'll have a point in time in the season where you can go get Wondell Robinson as a throw-in in a trade. I promise you it will come. It will come. I like the skill set. I like the player. If a shoulda, coulda, woulda, woulda been this tall, coulda been this. It's like, let's, dot, let's operate in reality world, right? And reality is, I think there's going to take a lot for him to be a viable fantasy starter, man. Like the talent, just, I'm not... I'm not uh I'm not going uh I'm not going out too far on, over my skis on that one right now. But yes, I do like him at cost. So we're talking about bust and who's looking good, who's looking bad. This was not a good look for for old Traylon. So this was this was day one of Traylon Burke's rookie minicamp, right? And you know, look, it was tired, it was hot out there, you know, couldn't finish the practice. 
I mean, people were tweeting me, Ray, are you concerned? I mean, Trey Long couldn't finish practice. Look at him. He doesn't, doesn't look, you know, I'm just the body language, the hands on the edge. But then he finishes. He looks exhausted. He, he looks tired, man. Maybe it was energy. Maybe it was excitement. No, I'm not worried about him not being able to get through the first practice, right? Came back day two and was fine during his rookie mini tramp, uh, mini camp uh, practices. But you hadn't seen this. You hadn't seen this, and you thought yeah. it was hilarious that Traylon was apparently a little gassed, right? A little, little out of shape, a little big. What, what are your thoughts, yeah, man? man? And that, well, and because is, of this, this what... because of this, Jay, everyone is all, all on Kyle Phillips, this this later drafted kid <laughs> out of UCLA. Basically, he's looking good in practices, just like the guy in New York is looking better than Garrett Wilson. What are your thoughts on Traylon being a little winded in his first practice? Um, and Kyle Phillips and all the beat noise out of out of Tennessee. I think more importantly for me, um, it, it gives me hope, right? Because this is about how I look when I step on the field. And so this is probably the most I've ever related to an NFL player at any point in time in my life. Um, but no, I'm not concerned because is the Arkansas heat different from the Tennessee, like Nashville heat? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know the climates. I don't know the environments. I don't know. But there is a lot of adjustment that can happen for some of these guys, depending on where they're at. They talk about the Miami heat, what that's like, the Texas heat, how it's different for some guys. At the end of the day, it's practice. And we it's don't practice. know his situation. Maybe he's dehydrated. Maybe he, you know, is – you talked about how he needed an inhaler. Maybe he's asthmatic. Like, there's lots of things that go into this, and it's all an adjustment. But the dude literally has, what, four months to figure this out. And on top of that, it's not going to be this hot when he's actually playing. So I'm not too concerned – he can have the hands on the hips for day one. I don't want to see it if I'm a coach, but as a fantasy manager, I'm good. Like I can well, wait till he's healthy and feeling good and kind of go for it when the time comes. Yeah, and it was apparently this other kid was just looked the most impressive. It wasn't that Wilson oh, yeah. didn't look good. It was the other too. kid apparently looked good. Um, here goes here goes a Nashville resident. All I know here in Nashville, we had the hottest day since 1902 on Thursday of last week. 1902. Mm, shout out to Evan. Yes, yes. I mean, this is, but people are like literally. Ray, are you concerned? I don't know if I want Traylon. Uh, looks out of shape. I mean, this is the 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 fantasy football space, man. This shit fluctuates more than the stock market. I'm telling you. You get on and you chart some stocks day to day, and it's just up and down, up and down. That's what this is. And if this provides us an opportunity to acquire one Traylon Burks because his first rookie minicamp practice, the hottest day in Nashville since 1902. You know what was going on in 1902, Jay? A lot of things that probably shouldn't know. have been going. A lot of a lot of stuff was going on in 1902. A lot of things were different back in the old day, right, in 1902. And, it's, and it, it how, how they even recorded that, I don't know. I don't know how they kept record of that for, for over 100 Taking, years. That's 120 years ago. 120 years. And it just so happened to affect Traylon Burke. So by the Traylon depth, I'm not concerned about it. Kyle Phillips, I, I, I mean, I'm cool. Like, I'm good with the dart throw on Kyle, like Kyle Phillips. Phillips. What'd you say? The feet look good, which for yeah, me feet, is a big factor, right? The feet look good, right? man. The feet look good. Feet look good. I love, I love me some feet, man. You got good footwork. You got a shot. But Traylon Burks apparently not looking good. Uh, well, on that, on that, on that play. But that clip wasn't on that clip. Good. Didn't look good on that clip. If it if it gives you an opportunity to go acquire him, please go do it. I'm not concerned about this. Now, listen, 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 Linda. Listen, honey. I try hard not to overreact. To these clips, man, because it's it's practice, it's rookie minicamp, it's install. That's what they're doing. They are installing plays in the playbook. That way, when OTAs open up, these rookies have they're up to speed, right? They don't have time to fuck around with them during OTAs and training camp to install the plays. They're getting the, they're getting the basics, the foundation. But man, Jay, I'm watching old Desmond Ritter sling the ball around in Atlanta. It looked, it looked good. Like pretty good. It looked. It, it looked <laughs> It looked good. Looking pretty good. All I kept thinking is, man, maybe he can play this year. Maybe if Mariota stinks, maybe old Ritter could get. I'm just, I'm watching it, Jay. We're going to watch this together. And I'm watching Ritter in the four. I wore number four in college. He wore number four, right? So that look at Algier. Look how big Algier look at those looks. progressions. Algier Ooh. looks good, Jay. He's big. Look, look at him ripping the ball. 
this this is full speed too, man. They 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 slow it up. Slow motion. I mean, all I'm saying, Jay, <laughs> is I'm watching is all Ritter. No look past. Ooh. Ritter looks good. It, it's early. Look at look, look at the rollout. He looks catch, get, catch the ball off the rip. Bam! Hit, hit a wide open uh, padless uh, wide receiver. There goes Drizzy Drake London right there. No socks. No size shoulder. Love don't it. really don't really care for that. But London looks good. All I'm saying is Jay. This right here, again, we try not to overreact to, to minicamp practice highlights, um, but I'm mildly interested. This, this, sort of, this sort of got me excited, Jay. I cannot lie to you. Watching these, these Desmond Ritter rip the ball, Atlanta did a good job with cutting this film. I don't know what he did um, in any other part of the practice, but in this that we're watching at, he looked good, man. He looks good. Yeah, I think the Miami Dolphins should really take notice of what the Atlanta Falcons did and how they're pumping up their players because it's it's a feat of ingenuity by the Atlanta Falcons. But it really feels like Zach Wilson hype, unfortunately. Okay. Like, it reminds me of when Zach Wilson was ripping it in minicamp and we were like, whoa, like, maybe he's better than we're giving him credit for. I don't, I don't know. Like, am I intrigued by Ritter? Sure. Because for me, he's not very expensive if you want to go get him, you want to draft him, you want to trade for him, whatever. But the hype is building to your point. So if you don't get them soon, it may be too late. Like it just, it just may be too late. I, 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 let's, and that's a problem. All right, let's come back to reality. It's minicamp, right? It, there's, there's no, none of these defense. This, this is, this is just seven on seven. This is seven on seven. But he looks good, man. It's our first taste of football. We get to see some of the players. Tyler Algier looks good. Tyler Algier is a big boy. He looks good. Probably going to have some opportunity to carry the tote the rock um, year one in Atlanta. Here's the thing. We continue to say it, right? All these third-round pick quarterbacks, Ritter, uh, Malik Willis, and who's the other one? Matt Corral. I saw Matt Corral. Yeah. They had him doing goddamn like dribbling things with the with the football. Like he was going between his legs, doing some step-ups. I'm, I'm just like. This, Sounds this, like Matt Rule. Matt practice, Rule. Right? This, it just, I was going to pull that clip. I mean, he's just, he's going between, like, he's literally going between his legs. Like, that's the drill. And I know it's hands and eye coordination. But these guys are probably going to get a shot to play at some point this season. Do I think they're going to have the leeway, the leash, the longevity to, to, to mess up and continue to retain that starting job? No, I don't. But they're going to get a shot to play, right? So when you're in the second round, middle to back end of the second round of a super flex rookie draft, Take your shot on the quarterback. You will have an opportunity in the window to capitalize on that value the moment that they're named the starting quarterback. If you don't believe in a Ritter, you don't believe in a Corral or a Malik Willis, once they are named the starter and they get their opportunity to go out there, you'll have a shot to trade these guys and, and return value. And it's funny, we talk about this stuff all the time, right? And everybody in the comments tells us all the time, oh, you can't get that done. Nobody's trading the first. Nobody's going to go buy Desmond Ritter. Nobody, nobody. And then we go in the, in the channel, and it happens every day. It happens every damn day. You know what I'm saying? So the clips look good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Drake London is healthy. That's what I'll say, yeah, Jay. It, it, apparently sure. he's whatever, you know, his broken ankle, all that's cleared up. He's healthy. He's fully, fully participating in everything. He looks good, and I'm excited uh, for his future in Atlanta. And it'll be interesting to see what some of these young rookies do um, when they do get an opportunity. I know Malik Willis, there were some reports that he had some wow throws. And then I think Joe Marino from TDN said it uh, during the Senior Bowl. Malik Willis had the five best throws of the Senior Bowl and also the five worst throws of the Senior Bowl, right? Like both both can be true. Um, all mm -hmm. these guys are going to get a shot at some point. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. No. Uh, Jay, you did put the David Bell out route on here. People getting excited over that. <sighs> that was, was a, fun. It was an out that route. Was fun. It was literally someone, an out route. Someone, li someone literally said that he didn't run it well and he rounded it, but it was a speed out. So I'm just like, what are you we're, we're, we are, are, are diving. When I say we are diving deep for content at this point in time in May, when we are analyzing out routes at a rookie minicamp, we are diving deep. Yet people are still drafting David Bell in the first round of rookie drafts. Now, we talked about this player, Jay. <laughs> Patrick, I know. Patrick, I know. I get it, man. I'm laughing my ass off the out route. We talked about James Cook last week. And, and I keep talking about the quote. But can you read the quote 
in 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 its entirety, Jay. As we show, James Cook actually looking pretty good running some of these routes here at at, at Bills rookie minicamp. What was the quote? So the quote was from uh, Brandon Bean, the GM of the Buffalo Bills. We see his best skill set as a sub back, but I think he can handle carries too if we want to give him some more carries. But we really liked his skill set. Again, similar to the one we saw with J.D. McKissick, a guy who's got really good hands, very instinctive in the passing game. You can run all sorts of guys out in routes. It's not that he can't do it, or it's not that guys can't do it, but some guys just have a feel like a slot receiver. A lot to unpack with that quote for James Cook. He can be a sub back. That's not a lead back. But again, the comp to J.D. McKissick, which we talked about a lot, them wanting a guy that can catch passes in the passing game. But there is hope for slot utilization with James Cook, which I guess should be expected. But they yeah. do have a talented plethora of receivers. But it would be good to get him on the field more than maybe we were expecting. Does this mean I'm all in on James Cook? No. But I think there is a world where he does have value. And you asked the question, are we too low on James Cook? Yeah, I asked that. Yes. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I was running the numbers. And if I was to project James Cook right now, I'd probably project him for around 150 opportunities, somewhere between 50 and 60 targets, about 100 carries. And then I think he'll have about 825 yards and five touchdowns combined. I don't know how many receptions he'll have. depends on catch rate, all that things. But if I told you he was going to get 150 opportunities, 825 yards, and four to five touchdowns, where would you draft him? In pretty high. Spot? That's pretty good. If you're telling me he's going to get 150 opportunities as a rookie, um, like if that in, in a lot of those opportunities, you're saying he's going to get 100 plus carries, 50, 60 I targets. Think it's possible. That's possible. So Zach Moss had 96 carries last year. And he had 23 receptions, 32 targets. But Mike, or not Mike Singletary, Devin Singletary had 50 targets. So if you think those flip, right? Because obviously James Cook is going to see more targets right. than Devin Singletary this season. Then you're looking at a guy who could see upwards of 80 or so carries and then 50 plus targets, right? He's not, not going to catch every target, but usually around 75, 80%, especially for a guy like James Cook. You're looking at anywhere from 35 to 40 receptions. I think he'll probably average about eight yards a reception or so, maybe even higher than that, because he is really good. And then on the ground, we'll see what he averages per carry. But Zach Moss had 350 yards and four touchdowns, averaging 3.6 a carry. Could James Cook do that? I don't think that's ridiculous, right? So again, I think 150, 150 opportunities is possible. I don't think it's crazy to think that if they do just slot him right into that role as the second, the second round pick that he was, into that offense, I think there is a, a real potential for him to have a good season in the first year. So as you're reading through that, at first I was like, oh, man, those projections seem high. And then you start going through it, and, you know, people are saying that they, they continue to talk about him at every presser. If he's going to be utilized in that pass-catching role, I, I think we may be a little too low on him because we're not yeah. the ones out here drafting him. I mean, I, and again, people think it's not. He's. I've seen people show rookie drafts where he's 102, 105, yeah. 106. Yeah. Like there are some people who are really in on him, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I, we've got him below Rashad. We got him low for running backs, not like ridiculously yeah. low, but I think he comes in at like RB6 for us. And I'm starting to think that might be a little too low. Like I'm not the biggest James Cook believer, man. I don't think. I think exactly what the GM said. He's a good sub back who can excel in a pass catching role, a la JD McKissick, a la those type of running backs. I do think that's where his skill set should be utilized the most. Um, uh, I don't think he's I don't think he's the same type of guy like Kamara. Alvin Kamara is utilized that way, but he can bang. Like you can hand Alvin Kamara and he's the ball. Two fifteen, yeah, too, which twenty is something times. There's there's a difference, right? Um, and and look at Robert Holland just said right there. He went 103. He went 103 in one of his leagues, and I think I, I I'm not. We're not nearly that high. I'm I'm not going to advocate for no. anybody taking him at 103, but I think we might be a little too low on him and just how Buffalo might roll him out there and utilize him. And if he is going to get 100 carries, 50, 60 targets as a rookie, that's somebody that can develop into a high end PPR asset in fantasy, and maybe him not. Yep being punished between the tackles 
is a good thing for his overall career and longevity, right? Maybe what we want is Devin Singletary banging between the tackles, right? Getting banged up, getting his Mm -hmm. 14 carries for, like, doesn't this just seem like a Devin Singletary line this year? 14 for 52 and no touchdowns, right? 14 carries, 52 yards, and he served his purpose. He moved the chains a couple of times. He might fall into the end zone if he breaks off a run, but it just seems like 14 for 52 is Devin Singletary. And a catch, right? Get you those seven yep. seven PPR points a game. Just man, it's it's rough, What's man. Crazy is between Zach Moss and Matt Burita, that is eight touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills last year, right? And these are just the backup running backs. Eight yeah. touchdowns. Josh Allen had six on the ground. Devin Singletary had seven on the ground. But you think about eight touchdowns to the starter and Devin Singletary, and eight to the backup running backs. Like, that's that's substantial, right? Buffalo's going to score a lot, and James Cook could be a guy who's a beneficiary there. Again, I don't, I don't think he's going to see a ton, of, a ton of carries, but I don't think 100 is out of the realm of possibility. And then if you tack on that 50 targets or so, I, I think there's a potential there for sure. All right, James with the Super Chat. He sent two, set a do- sent another dollar at $2 in saying please and thank you. Give me a quick blurb on Tyler Huntley. Worth buying while nobody is thinking about him. Jay, what do you think about Huntley? Played good. When he got on the field last year, man, he played he played very well when he got on the field last year. Um, I I think there's potential for sure. No one's talking about him. By, but by buy for him. by buy, I I think I would I would never go out there and try to one for one buy him. But I think he's a fine throw in, like as a piece to a deal yeah. in a super flex league. You might as well just get him thrown in, right? Like I'm not I'm not going to go out there and try to acquire him actively, but if I can toss him into something and get him to come back, then it's I think it's worth it in my opinion, right? All right, here we go, real quick. I'm on the clock now. Would you take Cook or Watson? Then Rashad White or Spiller? This is a damn good one. It's a damn I good honestly one. think I would take James Cook. I think I'd take I, James I, Cook too, man. I think man. I'd talk myself into James Cook. I think I'd already. take James Cook straight up. I think I would take James Cook. Um I would take Cook and then Spiller. That would that's that yeah, would be what Spiller I would too. do. If you Cook want to Rashad White, I'm I'm fine. With I like that, Rashad White though. Like if if you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'd rather White. Uh, I, I would I would go Cook and Spiller. I'd go the two running backs there over Christian Watson. So uh, is that is it? Other people are saying Watson. I think I'd take Cook, man. Cook over Watson. I think so too. I think so All too. Right. Let's look at our trade of the day. Let's go to the Discord. Let's talk about a trade. Destination Devi patrons. What trade do we want to pull up? And it's not because it's the best trade or the worst trade, but I think this is an interesting trade to look at. So this was submitted. We've got Rashad Bateman in the 103, Jay, being acquired for Cam Akers, the 207 this year, a, 20, a, two, a 401 this year, a 23 second, and a 23 third. So would you give up the 103 in Superflex for the 103 and Rashad Bateman for Cam Akers, the 207, the 401, and two a second-round pick and a third-round pick in 2023? What side of the trade would you take? I think I would take Rashad Bateman in the 103. Easy, man. I, for me. I think I would. I You know I'm not the biggest. Well, the interesting thing You're not the big and, Rashad and, Bateman both fan, sides. Though. I'm not the biggest Bateman fan, but I think there will be opportunity here. But on top of that, I'm getting out from Cam Akers at a pretty reasonable cost, right? A wide receiver one on a, you know, not so pass happy offense. But again, he's still probably going to be the wide receiver one. And you can take another talented wide receiver if you want Mm -hmm. at 103 and maybe even luck into Kenneth Walker. Yep. So for me, I think that's where you are looking at. And, And overall, Cam Akers, his health, his recovery. I'm fine with it, but I do like the Bateman side because those picks after that, I mean, what are we really looking at here? I don't know. Maybe you maybe you can draft David Bell at 207. Um, I wouldn't do it. I'd probably still take a running back. But again, I, I think it's just you're hoping a lot for Cam Akers, and he could be great. But if he's not great, then I'm happy to have the Bateman and the other side. And this is why trades are so fun, man. You get two sides of the coin. Respect the curve says I need the Cam Akers side. You know, you and I – Say uh, we want Bateman in the 103. Nah, Pat, nah, Patrick. I thought it was two 23 seconds. No, no, no. A 23 second and a 23 third. The 207 this year. 207 this year. So why mm-hmm. this? What this? This? I want Bateman in the 103. I mean, for me, yeah, I looked at I, this. I actually have a question for you, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. 
Would you prefer Bateman or a 23 first? Like, let's say you had Bateman on your roster. He didn't do a whole lot for you this year. He's looking like he has opportunity. Would you flip him into a 23 first to kind of get that value back? Um, where's the 23 first at? We'll say not not at the top, like mid to late at best. Like mid, it's it's a middling roster. Give me they give wanna, me a number. You know, I, I want a number. Up. Give me a number. One oh eight. One oh eight. No, I'd rather this Bateman. Guy, you're you're like calculating the players in your yeah, head. Yeah, in my head, I'm thinking I'd rather Bateman. What what I think about with something like that, right? Is if I'm trading away Bateman, I'm probably looking at a you know middling receiver. But I think the target in my head is actually Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is the guy I think I would want to target if I trade away Rashad Bateman for a for a random 23 first. But I mean, it depends on team construction, all these things. But someone was asking me about this the other day, and I was like, I think I would be willing to part with Bateman for a 23 first. For the yeah, 112? Course, on where it is. For the 112 the, and 23? The 112. But again, oh, it, we'll see what happens. I thought you said 112. I was like, no, I'd rather Bateman no, 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 over no. the 112. No, 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 not the 112, but again, like a, a first, right? Yeah. Do you, are you, like this guy saying, Boutte or Bateman? Oh, and Boutte. I think that's a possibility, I'll take, right? I'll take Boutte over Bateman. I'll take Sean Tucker. Right? I'll take Kayshawn Boutte. Of you course. You probably name eight to nine guys. You're, are pretty close, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think that if you're banking on that 23 first, I think there's, again, you have a 75% chance of getting a guy you really like. Yeah. If it's mid to late, you just hope they don't make it to the championship. And you're probably in good shape with the top ten picks. I was just curious your thoughts on that one. Talking yeah, yeah. If Bateman, if yeah. it was if it was one like right now with just what I know personally, like everybody, most people don't know, so they think every fucking pick in the first round of 2023 is going to be Bijan Robinson. There's just going to be 12 Bijan Robinsons in 23, right? Yeah. Good luck with that. If it's like 108, 109 or higher, Mayer, Tucker, Gibbs, Bijan, Levis, Stroud, Young. Uh, yeah, the QBs, Anthony right? Richardson, Kayshawn Boutte, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Michael Mayer, yes. 110, 111, 112, probably not. And there aren't Dice. 12 B. John Robinsons in the class. No. So, yeah. all right, good trade. I, I'm, I'm in on the Bateman and 103 side. Give me the Bateman and 103 side. All right, Jay, there it is. That's the show. We appreciate y'all tapping in. No show tomorrow. We'll be back on Wednesday. We've got a guest uh, we've got guests lined up this week. I hope one of the guests can join live, whether that be Wednesday or Friday. And then we've got another special appearance by a, a industry colossus that's going to join the Wake Up Show. Um, and we'll see how that goes. We'll see what he has to say. So make sure y'all subscribe, like the content, engage with the good people below. Enjoy your week. Start your Monday off great. Make sure y'all wake y'all ass up with us tomorrow. We out of this thing. Peace out. Where's the outro? Jay, I don't know where it's at. We're out. You Bye. said wake up with us tomorrow. We're waking up on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, waking up on Wednesday. And I don't know where the outro is. I lost it. So.